Welcome to Commuter Highlights from First Church Belfast. Here we've distilled our normal Sunday service into a call to worship, a prayer, two readings, a sermon and an organ outro for you to listen to on your way to work, out on a walk or wherever. If you feel so inclined, you can support our work by going to firstchurchbelfast.org and clicking on the donate button. We really would appreciate it. Here is this week's Commuter Highlights from First Church, Belfast. Good morning to you and a warm welcome to this, our service of worship here in First Church, Belfast. Thank you for not being defeated by the R. A bit of an earlier start for most people today, so you're very welcome with us uh, here this morning. We also want to welcome Matt Gear, who's playing the organ for us today as Richard is in London, uh, and to Don Purvis, who will be singing uh, for us, uh, leading our hymns this morning. Let there be joy in our coming together this day. Let there be truth heard in the words we speak and the songs we sing. Let there be help and healing for disharmony and despair. Let there be silence for the voice within us and beyond us. We join together in prayer. Loving God, you are powerful and strong. The Bible tells us that you are like a blazing fire or like mighty waters, and that your voice is like thunder and lightning. Beside you we are weak, but you want us to be strong. You make us strong and help us to see you as you are as the God who loves us and wants to help us to help one another. And we confess that we are not always strong, especially when we think that others will not like us or will not like our friends because they are different or from a different religion or church. We have not always got on with other Christians in our own church and in others even though we are all part of your family. Forgive us and help us to make friends with those we haven't been particularly friendly towards. Help us to respect different people. Help us to work better with our colleagues in other faiths and other churches and those around us who have no faith. Help us to do this so that all the world will know that your family love one another, even when they are different, because you love us all. And together we pray the prayer that Jesus taught when he said, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Today's reading on Mothering Sunday is by Maya Angelou. Uh, a poet and writer who's no stranger to 
uh, to this church, certainly in terms of her, her writing anyway. And this is from her book, Letter to My Daughter. Now, Maya Angelou never had a daughter. She only had one son. But as you'll understand when I read the introduction to the book, and that's all I'm reading, not the whole book, um, I, it explains why this book is entitled Letter to My Daughter. Dear daughter, this letter has taken an extraordinary time getting itself together. I have all alone known that I wanted to tell you directly of some of the lessons I have learned and under what conditions I have learned them. My life has been long and believing that life loves the liver of it, I have dared to try many things. Sometimes trembling but daring still, I have only included here events and lessons which I have found useful. I have not told you how I have used the solutions, knowing that you are intelligent and creative and resourceful and you will use them as you see fit. You will find in this book accounts of growing up, unexpected emergencies, a few poems and some light stories to make you laugh and some to make you meditate. There have been people in my life who meant me well, taught me valuable lessons and others who have meant me ill and have given me ample notification that my world is not meant to be all peaches and cream. I have made many mistakes and no doubt will make many more before I die. When I have seen pain I have caused, when I have found that my ineptness has caused displeasure, I have learned to accept my responsibility and to forgive myself first, then to apologise to anyone injured by my misreckoning. Since I cannot unlive history and repentance is all I can offer God, I have hopes that my sincere apologies were accepted. You may not control all the events that happen to you, but you can decide not to be reduced by them. Try to be a rainbow in someone else's cloud. Do not complain. Make every effort to change things you do not like. If you cannot make a change, change the way you've been thinking. You might find a new solution. Never whine. Whining lets a brute know that a victim's in the neighborhood. Be certain that you do not die without having done something wonderful for humanity. I gave birth to one child, a son, but I have thousands of daughters. You are black and white, Jewish and Muslim, Asian, Spanish-speaking, Native American and Aleut. You are fat and thin, pretty and plain, gay and straight, educated and unlettered. And I am speaking to you all. Here is my offering to you. Amen. We're about two-thirds the way through the season of Lent. Um, so you may find our second reading a bit surprising because you expect it to come at the end of Lent, but all will be, be revealed as, as time goes on. Our second reading comes from the 19th chapter of John's Gospel, uh, reading verses 17 to 27. So they took Jesus and carrying the cross by himself, he went out to what is called the place of the skull which in Hebrew is called Golgotha. And there they crucified him and with him two others, one on either side, with Jesus between them. Pilate also had an inscription written and put on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription because the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city and it was written in Hebrew, in Latin, and in Greek. 
Then the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews. But this man said, I am king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. And when the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his clothes and divided them into four parts, one for each soldier. They also took his tunic. Now the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from the top. So they said to one another, Let us not tear it, but cast lots to see who will get it. This was to fulfill what the scripture says. They divided my clothes among themselves, and for my clothing they cast lots. And that is what the soldiers did. Meanwhile, standing near the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing beside her, he said to his mother, Woman, here is your son. Then he said to the disciple, Here is your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his own home. Amen. Today is Mother's Day or Mothering Sunday. And I have a problem with Mother's Day. It's not that I don't like Mother's Day or that I disagree with it or that I dread it. My problem is that Mother's Day is perhaps one of the more difficult sermons to preach all year. And why is that? Because it can be hard to preach a Mother's Day message. Because while Mother's Day can be a very happy, joyous day for some, it also can be a very sad day, a day of pain and grief for others. And so not everyone looks forward to Mother's Day for a variety of reasons. And today across these islands we are in our churches celebrating and offering thanks, not only in worship but acknowledging that the 27th of March is a day when we show our gratitude to our mothers and to our grandmothers. Worship and motherhood are lifetime tasks, neither of which should be confined to one morning's recognition within a Sunday morning service. Mother's Day is a day for greetings, for expressions of love, and it's also a day for remembering. I do not believe that anything has ever been said or ever will be said that is powerful enough or expressive enough to articulate the true value of a mother. Motherhood is a special gift from God. And it seems to me that something miraculous happens when a woman gives birth to her first child. For in a way, there are really two births. The first, of course, is the birth of a child. And then there is the birth of a mother. And through the years, we relate to our mothers differently. At age four, we say, my mummy, she can do anything. At age 10, well, mum knows loads, I suppose, but she doesn't know everything. At age 14, my mum doesn't know a thing. She is so lame. 
At 18, mum is out of step with the modern world. At age 25, we say, well, my mum, I suppose, knows a few things. At 35, before we decide to do that, let's get mum's opinion on it. At 45, I wonder what mum would say about this. And then beyond that, I wish I could talk with my mother. A mother can have the angelic voice of a member of the celestial choir as she sings uh, a lullaby to her babe in arms. And yet the same voice can drown out the sound of a regimental drill sergeant when she calls her children in for their tea or cheers them on at school sports day. When we recall our second reading from John's Gospel, Jesus, as he hung on the cross, even then respected Mary, his mother. One of the last things Jesus did was to take care of his mother. Even in the dying moments of his life, he never stopped loving her. He never stopped caring for her. And near the cross was Mary, the mother of Jesus, his mother's sister Mary and Mary Magdalene and one other person, the disciple whom Jesus loved. This disciple was the Apostle John. And hanging on the cross, Jesus told John, the disciple, that Mary was now to be his mother, and in turn he was to be her son. And in that moment, Jesus made a statement in front of witnesses that made the arrangement binding, and so formally places his mother under John's protection requiring him to provide for Mary after his death. To put it very simply, Jesus was making the point that mothers are important. There is hardly an experience in life that can compete with the opportunity of being able to say to someone, this wonderful woman is my mother, or this is my mum. But we also have to acknowledge today that for whatever reason, some women are not mothers. Likewise, for whatever reason, some people are not able to have a relationship with their mother. And please remember all these people in your prayers today. I'm lucky enough to have my mum still around, but for some people that's not the case and it's difficult. For some people, many precious memories still flood their minds. Memories of what she did for them and those people continue to remember their mum and to love her. Mothers can leave a wonderful imprint on the lives of their children. A mother's life and action can speak volumes and we thank God for them. Moments with mothers and grandmothers often become the foundation of memories that in turn become stories that are shared with the family over many years. A little girl was sitting and watching her mother as she washed the dishes in the kitchen sink. And she suddenly noticed that her mum had several strands of white hair coming out of her brunette head. Why are some of your hairs white, mummy? she asked. Her mother replied, well, every time you do something wrong, one of my hairs turns white. 
The little girl thought about it for a while and then she asked, Why are all of Grandma's hairs white? Grandmothers too are often extraordinarily special people. When a group of young children were asked, what makes a grandmother? Here were some of their responses. Grandmothers are old so they shouldn't play too rough and they should never run. When they read to us, they don't skip parts of the story and they don't mind if it's the same story over again. And perhaps the most touching one, everybody should try and have a grandmother because they are the only grown-ups who seem to have time. Most of us have fond memories of mothers and grandmothers and there are a few things more there are few things that are, are more powerful than the tears and the laughter of a mother. Few things are more tender than a mother's hug or a compassionate touch. So today is the day for children to tell their mothers and their grandmothers how much they love and appreciate them. And today is also for those whose mothers are no longer with us, but we still look back to the time when they were and remember those cherished memories and all that they gave us and did for us. Jesus displayed love to his mother even at the time of his death. He gave his example that where individual circumstances allow, we should show our love and respect to our mothers. And we should indeed show one another from the tiniest baby to the oldest adult, regardless of individual gender. And never more so in these difficult days of today. Today is a day of love and kindness as we celebrate Mother's Day. And long may that love continue and carry us through the days, weeks and months ahead. As out of necessity, we have to live our lives in very different ways. And may the grace of God bless our mothers and all those he places in our lives as we remember that God is good all the time and all the time God is good. Amen. Let us take on this week's life with renewed hope and imagination as God's Spirit teaches us inwardly. May we involve ourselves in the grander issues of life all those issues which make a compelling difference, which creates the good life for all humanity.